start with this. Deshaun Watson done for the year. He's yeah. Have surgery. Apparently. Shoulder fracture. Yeah. And he's got a high ankle sprain, and, and his and ego is probably a little hurt. Uh, Pocketbook's not hurting, though. Not at all. And that that is where we get to this. Uh, congratulations, Carolina Panthers. Oh. No matter how bad Bryce Young's career is, mm-hmm. you don't have the worst trade of the last three seasons. <laughs> no, you don't. That goes to Deshaun Watson. Uh, the Texans received three first-round picks in the trade, in addition to a 2023 third-rounder and a 2024 fourth-rounder. And it gets worse. First of all, let's do what we do for the, the Panthers, right? Uh, the Panthers trade for Bryce Young. We never just say, oh, they got a first-round pick. We say they got Jalen Carter. Right? They say this next one could be Caleb Williams, could be Marvin Harrison Jr., could be Olu uh, from, from Penn State, the offensive tackle for Shanu. Well, let's do that for the trade for the Texans. Their trade turned into Jordan Davis, stud defensive tackle for the Eagles. Okay, yeah, they have a lot of Out of, of Georgia, those. similar to Jalen Carter, stud defensive tackle <laughs> for the Eagles out of Georgia. Go figure. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, running back for the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hyatt. Speedy wide receiver for the New York Giants. Played at Tennessee. Plus a 2024 first and a 2024 fourth rounder. Now you may go, wait a second. I, th- I still think the Panthers gave up more. Yeah, but they traded for the right to pay Deshaun Watson $230 million fully guaranteed. Cool. And he has yet to play good football. Bryce Young, for all of the, the struggles he's had, million fully guaranteed over four years. Deshaun Watson, 230. That's more than Lamar, more than Hurts, more than Burrow, more than Herbert. They've gotten two years of half-suspended, mediocre football. Some would say below-average football. Mm -hmm. And they still owe him $139 million fully guaranteed. Yeah, that's the worst trade. Worst trade. Now he's hurt. Done for the year. Enter. It's not even P.J. Walker. They went to Dorian Thompson Robinson. Oh, don't you P.J. like that. I thought we were going to get another Carolina Panther from last year playing a prominent role on a different team that was better than the Carolina Panthers. Uh, But, no, it's it's Dorian Thompson Robinson, at least for the time being, with the Cleveland Browns. All right, let's let's quit that. Go ahead and quit it. Let's actually get to teams that win here in the state of North Carolina. The Carolina Hurricanes back in action tonight. By the way, it's a 7.30 puck drop tonight at PNC Arena. So it's a home game, 7.30 puck drop, not a 7 o'clock game, 7.30. That's a national it, television game. It's a nationally televised game. So if you want to hear Mike and Trip, you have to listen to 99.9 The Fan. If you Which want we to encourage to you Mike to do anyway. We, exactly. Uh, but nonetheless, Stormwatch without a goal begins at 7. Pyotr Krachekov, who just had a 22-save shutout and a win against the Tampa Bay Lightning on the road this past Saturday, getting the start in net tonight. I find this interesting. How so? Well, first of all, the difference between Friday and Saturday was night and day for the Kings. Oh, as a team as a whole, yeah. Uh, Just night and day in general. And I've noticed that the few things they flipped between Friday and Saturday seems to be they're rolling with. Uh Uh-huh. Meaning Ronta started Friday, Kochekov started Saturday. Coming out of it after a three-day off, let's start with Kochekov because Saturday was way better than Friday. Uh, Chatfield played Friday, didn't play Saturday. Coming out of three days off, it appears as if we're kind of expecting him to be the odd man out and the, the the defensive rotation again today. It's it's 
I, sh- I struggle with, like, how much do you react to something like that? Because mm-hmm. Friday was very bad. And reportedly in the locker room, they were mad, and Brindamore was mad, and Martin Nook was mad, and whatever leadership they have was mad. Uh, and then Saturday, they played one of the better games they've played all year uh, in, against Tampa and, and won four zippy. I don't want to overreact to that and be like, perfect, how we played on Saturday, that's the lineup, no changes, that's the rotation, those are the lines. But at the same time, I want to say, you got to reward those guys for being part of the turnaround. Yeah. So I withhold my judgment, which is something you can only do from the outside, right? On the inside, you got to make the decisions first. You, you can't withhold your judgment, but I withhold my judgment. Reserve the right to change my opinion. Uh, I do want to highlight this, though. What's that? 777th. Sim! 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 Consecutive games played for Brent Burns. Nice. That's absurd. And you know what's even more absurd about it? Uh, it goes back. So he's played in every game since 2013. No, I think it was November 21st, 2013. So we're about to hit a calendar year. Calendar decade. I'm sorry, calendar decade. My apologies. He's, he's done a calendar year time and time again. Exactly. But the, the craziest part about it is I believe Brent Burns is 39 years old. Yeah, 38 going on 39. So he started this streak of consecutive games played at, you know, almost 29, 28, 29 years old. He's 38 right now, so he would have been 28. 20, he started a streak of 777 consecutive games played at 28 years old. First of all, there's not many – I mean, it's not completely uh, assumed that you'll even be playing at 38. Also, the older you get, you would expect the more little – boo-boos and ouchies kind of take longer to go away. Anybody that's been in their 30s knows that one, right? Used to be I could, you know, sleep on the the coffee table, half on, half off, wake up the next day, run a 5K. Now, if my pillow is funny, my neck is sore for a week. <laughs> like, like we've all, you know, what, the, what what is up with that? Brent Burns, meanwhile, when everyone else was making that transition, decided he was going to play every game for the next 777 games. That's crazy. And I only we, we kind of noted that because he wasn't at morning skate and it was like, oh, oh. No, it was just a maintenance day. Just taking take, take a little rest. Or he wasn't on the ice for morning skate, I should say. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. Sim! 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 Duke beat Michigan State last night. Men's basketball, number nine, defeating number 18. Although Michigan State has lost two of their first three. One against JMU, one against Duke. So I would expect them to, to likely fall out of the top 25 on the next rankings. Probably. Uh, let's hear what John Shire, the head coach of Duke, thought of his team's performance. Hard-fought game is what you expect when you play Michigan State. You know, like, I have I've so much respect. Coach Izzo, I've been knowing him since I was in high school. And he's one of the best in the game and what he does. You always know his teams are going to play hard. They're going to defend and they're going to rebound. And for us... You know, we came off of our first two games where we didn't rebound the ball well. And so to re- out-rebound a Michigan State team, is that's a big deal for us. John Shire was recruited by Tom Izzo as a player to Michigan State. He obviously chose to go to Duke. It's got to be a weird moment for, for Izzo. Get away from me. Every, every time you're around, I lose. Get out of here. Um... The game was an interesting one. I thought Caleb Foster was was the bright spot. I think we also have to tip our cap to Ryan Young, big guy for Duke. Um, he, in, in their first loss of the season, the game to 
Arizona on Friday. I thought at times when he was on the floor, Arizona was taking advantage of him. They were sagging off him, daring him to shoot, and denying the four other players on, on the floor, almost adding insult to injury is, uh, with the, the sag off. And uh, he was plus 24, by far the best plus minus in the game. So he was doing the little things. He, he ran a sweet give and go with Proctor. Uh, he, w- he was doing things that maybe the stat sheet doesn't show up, but I, I do think it's worth mentioning that uh, after he took some heat on Friday and John Shire took some heat for the, the situations that, that Young was put in and the playing time he was given, uh, they both kind of stuck to their guns and, and played much better against Michigan State, and it ended up being part of the difference. Uh, but, again, like I said, Caleb Foster, the freshman in the second half, was really the, the brightest of bright spots. I think outside of him, because he was 4 or 5 from 3, was Foster. I think outside of that, the team was only 2 of 17. Neither team could shoot. Yeah. It, it was. Pretty there bad. was a, a lid on the, the rim aside from Caleb Foster. And Caleb Foster's threes were all, the, like, all, I, I think you're right, I think it was four. All four of them were the kind where it was, like, either Michigan State had, had made a little run or Duke was like, hey, you know what? If, if, if they get one more big shot, this one could feel out of reach. Like, they were very well-placed threes. They were ignition switches. Uh, they were catalysts for things. Or they were wet blankets for the, the run that Michigan State was on. Uh, I thought it was a, a good game for him. Uh, before we quit that and hit the next thing. What's that? Text Adams to 919-860-5326 to enter for a chance to win a pair of tickets to Brian Adams with special guests at PNC Arena on March 3rd. That's Brian Adams tickets. Again, the key word, Adams, A-D-A-M-S, to 919-860-5326. Text Adams for a chance at some Brian's, Brian Adams tickets. Now let's quit that. Let's hit this. What? By the way, speaking of Duke. Yep. Mike Elko going to be around after the season? I mean, because they kind of get the impression that he might not be. Uh, who you, who are you asking in this situation? Everyone. If you're asking somebody that is a Duke fan, they're probably going, no, he loves us. If you ask somebody that ha- owns an oil field in Texas, they're probably saying, we'll get to the number. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll give him what he needs. They, they got the money, even though they're to, still got to pay Jimbo Fisher, was it $76 million they're going to pay out over the next, yep. what, like eight years or something, the, something like that? The irony, and and again, this is not exactly like A to B style, maybe A to B to C to E you know, round, and you finally get there. Um, the last game that Jimbo Fisher coached was a 41-point win over Mississippi State, by the way. Yeah. Uh, they were presented, the Booster Club, I believe, presented the – athletic department with a check for like 150 million dollars uh wow. on the field like during a quarter break or a timeout or something it's kind of ironic that it is they presented the check that has the money that allows them to fire jimbo fisher during a game that jimbo fisher was coaching <laughs> he didn't realize like during that timeout or quarter break or whatever it was that that big check over there had his name on yeah, it. Yeah, really. It's, wait, a, wait a second. How much is my buyout? $77.26 million. Why are they presenting a check to the for $77.26? It, again, it wasn't that obvious, but it felt that way. Why is half of this going to me? Yeah, wait, 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 wait. I only saw a budget in the last budgeting meeting for half of that check. Where is the other half going? Don't ask questions, Jimbo. Finish this win. Uh, 
it's an interesting situation. But Mike Elko is, according to some sports books, the betting favorite to be the next Texas A&M head coach. Yep. Uh, Mike Elko was obviously asked about that at a media availability earlier this week. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, it's the same one I've always made. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a profession where people just like to put stuff out there. Um, I'm very committed to this place. Everybody knows I'm very happy at this place. Um, we're doing a lot of really special things at this place. Uh, my family's very happy here. Um, we love Duke. We love everything that this place is for. And, um, you know, again, I, I say this all the time. When you're doing your job well, everybody thinks you're leaving. When you're doing your job bad, everyone thinks you're leaving. It, it is literally the nature of college coaching. And so, um, you know, you try not to pay any attention to that stuff. I'm obviously not oblivious to it. And, and we certainly have addressed it just because it needs to be addressed. But um, I don't know where that stuff comes from. Certainly nobody ever asked my opinion on what I think about things. We did just literally ask your opinion. Yeah. And and I, I've listened to it a few times now. I don't think he said no. He said, my family loves it here. He said, I love it here. He said, we love it here. He said, when you're doing well, people think you're leaving. When you're doing bad, people think you're leaving. He said, it's the same thing I always say. He didn't say he wasn't going. Just enough of a trap door huh. in that discussion to slip through. I enjoyed living in Wisconsin. But I moved here. Yeah. And I I'm, love it here. It's, it's, uh, you know, nobody asked my opinion. I'm sorry. What did you think this question was? Yeah. Did, did you, did you think we, uh, do you think we weren't asking your opinion right now? Because we were. Like, you know, this, this is, that answer sounded very much like, uh, you know, if the, the, the court reporter would read back my comments, I think the jury would find that I did not perjure myself, right? Like, I, I, that way, if he leaves, he didn't lie. It's true. The same thing people got mad about with uh, Aaron Rodgers, right? I'm immunized. Uh, it's like, it feel, felt like every word he said there was very, very carefully chosen. Mm -hmm. My question is, if, if he goes into that situation, how long – with Texas and Oklahoma coming in and everything, how long, who, whomever takes that job, how long before they expect you to be, like, at least in the SEC championship game? Well, the thing is, like because if they're passing out buyouts, so if I don't make an SEC championship game in three years, uh, you're going to fire me and give me $70 million? Well, they're probably not going to do a contract like that ever again, that's for sure. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, deal, and I'm going to start making vacation plans for four years from now. <laughs> like, uh, I think Texas A&M has a, a long – I mean, I think it's a lot of it is just about, mo you know, momentum and mm -hmm. are you winning big games occasionally and all those sorts of things, just like every place. I mean, it's it's no different. The SEC is hard to win. It is, but, uh, but seriously, how long is whomever takes that job, like how long is the leash going to be? Because, like, hey, look, we just paid all this money to get rid of this one guy because the – "Quote unquote stuck in neutral," according to the athletic director. All right, what's considered? We're what's considered moving forward? That's that's the thing yeah. I want to know. It's stuck, like, stuck in neutral. All right, what if I throw this bad boy in reverse? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, we're moving somewhere. Hey, we're, we're hey, you know, we're not in neutral. You're either moving forward or you're moving back. I'm I'm curious just to see what the timeline is going to be, just because. Mississippi State already fired their head coach mm -hmm. as well. And the, the timeline for these firings are happening so much faster because the way the transfer portal works in terms of the timing of that, the early signing period when it comes to recruits, you have to have your head coach in place 
by the beginning of December, it feels like, if you want to make sure that you get the recruits and, and the transfers that you want. Because that's why we're seeing these firings and stuff happening early November now. I, I actually think... It moves the timeline. If, 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 if a coach were to take the Texas A&M job and there was some kind of communication during the uh, interview process that was, hey, we have an, a, a timeline of expectations here, and by year X, we need you to have done X, Y, and Z, right? By 2027, we need you to have been, you know, in a 12-team college football playoff, something along those lines. I wouldn't take the job if I didn't know what quarterback was coming with me. Right, and and whether that's Elko and Riley Leonard, whether that's um, you know Elko and a quarterback from another spot, whether it's another coach and another quarterback, I'm not coming in with a with a ticking clock in the corner without knowing exactly who my accomplished quarterback is coming with me. That much, I know for darn sure. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. I'm going to go out of order here because I know uh, I want to give Dennis time to uh, oh, explain okay. to us what this means. What's this, man? Uh, the Carolina Chaos? Yeah! First of all... By the way, we're not talking cause chaos with the Carolina yeah, Hurricanes. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the Carolina Hurricanes hashtag for this year, kind of their rallying cry, it's on t-shirts and stuff, is cause chaos. Yes. The Carolina Chaos mm-hmm. are something of a completely different sport. Yes, absolutely. So the Premier Lacrosse League, which over the first few years of its existence was doing a touring model when it comes to their teams. And their teams were just the, like, for example, the Chaos Lacrosse Club, which won a championship in 2022, or the Archers Lacrosse Club, so on and so forth, for their now up to eight teams. But now this is the first year they're actually having teams assigned to cities and locations. And each of these cities and locations is going to have at least one home game mm-hmm. per year. They're still going to have the tour model, but basically they've assigned home areas and states to teams. So, for example, they had like the California Redwoods. But we also now have a new team here in the state of North Carolina, the Carolina Chaos. We're bringing a championship team into our borders, Chris. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm so used to doing this kind of stuff on Culture State uh, with Chris. Well, Panthers into our Yes, into our borders. We're bringing another winner inside our borders here in the state of North Carolina, Tim. Logo's a scorpion. Yeah. I mean, that's been the logo for the for the team always. Yeah. You said it was a scorpion that was from around here. Well, they like they adjusted the logo. I have to look it up a little, a little bit, but they adjusted and tweaked yeah. the logo to fit things specific to the state of North Carolina and the area. I I, I need I I mean obviously right and and I do this every time there's like mm-hmm. a spring football league or something. Okay, you got to pick your team, right? You got to be invested somehow. Yeah, I'm a chaos fan. There you are. You know what? I also I, I say I'm a fan of chaos all the time. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I what was it? I saw one one. I think it's one of the college football leagues. Where if the home team, if all the home teams win this upcoming weekend, they could have an eight-way tie for first, one of the conferences. Oh, really? And I'm just like, oh, I'm a fan of chaos. Give me it. Yes. In, in je- like, want a, I want to go to the 57th tiebreaker, which is like who has the greater population in their home state. Like, like I, I want pure chaos. So the fact that the chaos are now Carolina's team, and I've been saying for years and years and years that I'm a fan of chaos, it works out too perfectly. I am a fan of chaos. I just need, uh, you know, I need some gear now. I need, I need to know what I'm repping. I need to know who's their best player. Do Josh Byrne. Josh Byrne or Dane Smith. There's another Byrne. Yeah. So he's gonna fit in. Well, with... it's like B Y R N E. Oh. It's not Burns. It's just Byrne. I was gonna say Brent Burns, Brian Burns, DJ Burns. Who's this Byrne? Josh Byrne. Josh Byrne. It's close. He's like a cousin. He's he in Charlotte. Smith. He's he's in Charlotte. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's he's like a cousin. So uh, and wait, who's the other one? Dane Smith. 
I thought you said Dean Smith. I was like, this is the perfect Carolina. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes. This is the perfect Dean, Carolina. Dean, cousin to Dane. Another, throw another Burns in there. Throw another Dean and Smith in there. We're all we're all mixed up. The goalie blaze Oh, that Reardon. is too funny. Yeah. All right, cause chaos or Carolina chaos. Yeah, and here's the thing: like when the when the league started, when there were no assigned cities or anything like that, I was I went with the Archers because a couple of my favorite players and actually someone I coached got drafted by that team. Oh, nice. so yeah, number one overall. When that now you're out. Now I'm like, nope, gotta go Carolina now. Gotta sell my Archers gear. Gotta be. I'm I'm big on regional. If you're just picking a team, pick region. Yeah. Every time someone's like, I'm no longer a fan of so-and-so, I'm a free agent. I'm like, well, who do you live closest to? Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's your team. That's your team. Unless you're unless you're a kid. Kids pick, you know, jersey colors, pennants, jerseys. I'm in the whatever. fandom transfer portal. Yeah, if you're in the portal, I think you got to go regional. 